Welcome everyone to the Only Football Podcast. Max Urbanlin, Guy Robinson. Guy, how you doing? I'm doing good, Max. How are you? All right. Big win. Uh, unfortunately, missed you today. Yes, I was uh, feeling a little bit under the weather and couldn't make the game, but uh, by the sounds of it, a great performance from the team and a big win. 4-1. Max, how did it go? Uh, yeah, very well, man. I love Wings and Beer, which was, <laughs> is the name of the team that we played, and we've beaten three times now. As you said, they're good for us. I thought you said that they're good. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're not that good, but no. they still they do create chances. They're not and, bad. They're not a bad team, but we do always seem to get a result against them. Yeah, and uh, I was uh, forced to play net tonight uh, as John was uh, hurt himself, and I gotta say, I I was stellar. I'm not I, I'm not I'm not even tuning my own horn here. Like, you know, big, some a few big saves in the first half. Uh, we were up one nil through uh, Mike. Playing left back, scored a few minutes in. Nice, nice finish, and um, they, uh, they, and they, they did have some success getting through the middle and uh, getting a few tight shots on goal and forcing some saves out of myself. So it was one nil at half, and the second half came around, and at one nil, they came down the right flank, and I, I came out to to stop the shot, and I, my planting leg, my left leg, I, I tweaked it, and I was out. I was out for five minutes, but off that ensuing corner, they tied it. <laughs> um, on, on actually, which was a nice goal. James came in net, and uh, they put on the back. They put it to the back post, and the guy took it on a half volley, and it went off both posts and in. There was nothing James could do about it. And then I came back on five minutes later, um, and we bounced back nicely. Uh, Chris Vasos, um, beautiful goal. Like dummied this guy. Yeah. I, yeah. Like turned him, twisted him, whatever, man. Well, the guy, and, the guy's yeah. he's good on the ball. Yes. Right? Chris is decent. Absolutely. On the ball. And then, and then, and then a great finish. And then shortly after that, uh, Chris takes another shot. That you know what? <laughs> Stefan like kind of blocked it, but Stefan recognized that the keeper was was going to save it or it was going wide. So Stefan stopped it and then turned and chipped it over the keeper as the keeper was down. Now uh, and it was a nice finish as well. And then after that, yet again. Um, Mike, Eric lays him off beautifully. Some great build-up play from, from the very back. And, um, and then it comes into Eric in the center, and he, and he just lays it off um, down, down the left wing, and Mike one-touches it, like, takes on the first touch um, from the top left-hand corner of the box and puts it far post, uh, low, low far post. And that was it, man, 4-1. One, and then one last talking point, James, solid performance. A minute left in the game. He makes a run. He's getting fouled. He's getting hacked. But he still gets the shot off. There's like a minute left in the match. And he uh, goes to... And, and then he goes to ground and, and like whips his leg out. And does make contact with the ball. But it was very unnecessary. And he's on the ground, right? Yeah. And so he's getting all pissed off. He gets a yellow. Their keeper gets a yellow. And then James keeps jawing and takes a red card. Oh, my God. With a minute left in the Fuck game. Sake. And it was it's like, man, like just, just keep your cool. Yeah. Because... Um, I understand why he's frustrated because it was obvious he was getting hacked, but it's like, man, the, the refs not going to yeah. call that. We're winning four-one, especially because you get the shot off too, right? Yeah. Um, so that was uh, that was a little unfortunate. We'll see how um, how adamant the league is on enforcing the reds disciplinary procedures because yeah. there have been a number in the past in the last year and a half that have been rescinded, or they just don't really pay attention. But they do take the names, right? They take they they know who scored and yeah. all that. So anyway, so that great result, four-one. Um, Three points out of six, and uh, let's uh, let's get into a playoff spot. All okay. right, let's uh, let's kick it off. Real football. Uh, we're going to start as always with the uh, review of this weekend's games, uh, and we're going to start off with uh, 
an early the early kickoff on Saturday yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arsenal against Crystal Palace. Um, it was always going to be a bit of a tight game, but we both thought that Arsenal were going to do well because they've looked good under Arteta. Um, I mean, a great performance against United, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but not so not so on Saturday. Maybe you know, I, I watched the highlights. I was I was uh, I was probably still currently drunk at that time while while I was sleeping for that game, mm-hmm. so I didn't get up for the seven thirty. Normally I would, but I did watch the highlights and they uh, they. Nice, great goal. Uh, Aubameyang's goal was beautiful build-up. Great pass from um, Lacazette, and excellent touch from Aubameyang. Um, and 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 the Palace goal was uh, deflection. You know they were unlucky yeah. to to concede it. Yeah, I, I feel. <clears throat> and then Aubameyang takes the red. Yeah, about like the sixtieth, sixty-fifth minute. Yeah, and, and it was red. I think you know they they had to review it, but and it, it wasn't malicious. It was just no, you know just he went in, studs up, hit him right in the ankle. And it, it, it was a red, and then they actually almost scored. Pepe hit the post in the last couple minutes, yeah. and then the rebound came out, and they weren't able to put it away. So they still showed some fight, Arsenal. Yeah, you know, which you know you wouldn't really uh, pair them with. No, absolutely, <laughs> certainly not on the basis of their early season form. But um, yeah, I mean, two teams that are both having up and down seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palace. Having a, better, them, having, a, sure. having a better season than Arsenal, for sure, based on expectations. But mm. uh, they're in similar positions in the table. And, uh, you know, a draw is not all that bad for either team, I don't think. I, yeah, I guess not. I just feel like if you're Arsenal, you want to you keep riding high yeah, after course, that yeah. result against United. But, um, yeah, one all. There you go. And then we'll, uh, we'll bounce on to the, the revenge match. Southampton. Yeah. Good on them, man. Fred, oh, absolutely. I mean, that... The nine nil early in the season was was one of the more ludicrous results that we've ever seen in the Premier League. And tied for um, tied for the worst, yeah, or best. Um, and yeah, it was really a turning point because Southampton were having a torrid season before then, and then that was a real low point for them. Mm-hmm. Then and, they pick uh, up results, Spurs, and then they turned and it around. Back to back. Yeah, yeah, back to back. But they, yeah, they're they're, they're up now. in twelfth, uh, yeah. which is fantastic. And Harsen Hootles guided them to what looks like comfortable. Uh, mid-table for the rest of the season now. Uh, Danny Ings not, won't stop scoring. I mean, the guy's fantastic. He's quality. <laughs> he He's is quality. Yeah, yeah it, it was um, too bad what happened to Liverpool. He know. was he was always quality. He was good at Liverpool. He just he just he had the injuries, hurt. right? Um, but it's good for him that he's fire, fit and firing now. And you know what? I think Harry Kane's just gotten injured. Uh, whether he make the Euro squad or not, he probably will. But you Danny, think so? I think so because will Vardy well, come out? Well, I don't know. Vardy retired know. With, with the year he's having, and, and well, with Kane possibly. Well, no, Kane won't be out. He'll be back by then. But England have uh, quite a dodgy history of having their star player injured for the World Cup or the Euros. Right? David, it happened to David Beckham in two thousand and two. Um, Michael Owen in two thousand and four. Um, there's a big history of the England national team having their star player injured. Um, going into the, the European Championships or the mm-hmm. World Cup uh, and the same thing looks to happen but I think Danny Ings is definitely an outside shot sure. that, for, that's uh, for the England squad because he's, not, he, mind, he's a similar type of player to Harry Kane mm-hmm. um, he's got good upper body strength he's a lethal finisher uh, in and around the box and outside the box as well he can set up his teammates um, 
yeah, if I was Gareth Southgate, I'd definitely be having a look at Ings after this season. I mean, of no. course, he might do everything he can to convince Vardy to come back. Yes. But, you yes. know, it's difficult to go back on on uh, on the promise when you said, oh, I'm, I'm done now, right? Yeah, they'd but, welcome him back. It'd, it'd, oh, be, it'd be so I'd great for him. Jamie Vardy. I'd man. love him. Vardy yeah, loves too. Like, oh, they're begging me, all right. Okay, yeah, sure. I know, I know. <laughs> um, and then comes back and wins the Euros for England. That would be a story. But... Um, at Leicester, yeah. at Leicester again, you know, it's, uh, ever since that Liverpool match, they've yeah. they've, uh, they've been struggling. Or yeah. it was Norwich right before that. That's really what kind of kicked it, it off. It was the Norwich game, yeah. But we predicted that this would happen, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, and they were riding way higher than anyone yeah. expected them to, particularly themselves, um, having a fantastic season. But uh, they were always going to drop off a little bit, right? Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, and I, I do reckon they'll bounce back. Um, there's the depth in that squad, and I, yeah. I do think they're actively looking for that centre back that we've been talking yep. about. Yeah. Um, so they're not they're not being complacent at no. all. No, and I think they're still good bets for top four for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, you know they're yeah. comfortably in third at the moment. Yeah. And um, but yeah, just having a bit of a bad run of it. But Southampton, on the other hand, having mm. a quality run of it, um, sure. and they look good. And you wouldn't back. You wouldn't bet against them finishing top half this season, actually. Yeah, absolutely. If they continue like this. I don't think either of, either of us had them getting relegated, did no, you? No, 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 not, no. No, you didn't either, right? No. Okay. Um, now onto the uh, the marquee matchup, <clears throat> which was the 12-30 Liverpool and Spurs. Yep. Um, and we watched that, and, you know, it was pretty did. slow at the bar, so I, I got to watch a good good amount of that. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was a solid performance from Liverpool. Nothing too impressive, but just looked completely in control for Absolutely. most of the game. Until, you know, the end. But for, for well, maybe 75% of the game, Liverpool completely in control. Confident on the ball in the middle of the park. Tottenham was sitting deep. Um, maybe unlucky just to be up 1-0. Oh, but, certainly. But there was a couple of chances, but that's how you, it goes. You, right? And you don't finish them, and then you almost get burnt. And they yeah. should have got burnt. I mean, I don't know how, how La Celso misses that. Yeah, and Son as well, just before that. Sure. Son uh, was played through in a six-yard box and skied it. And, uh, yeah, really, to- Mourinho said after the game that Tottenham deserved more from the game. And whilst it's partly true from the, the last 20 minutes or so, mm. from, the, from the early exchanges, it was, uh, it was a comfortable Liverpool win. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was a couple, a couple instances in the first half where they, they countered, but there were more half chances for yeah. Spurs than anything. Yeah. And Liverpool held the ball and, and, yeah. and they were attacking and cutting up that defence quite nicely. It looked like Tottenham just didn't want to lose rather than they wanted yeah. to win. And, and to be expected. And I think th- that we were both saying enough. that before going to that game. Um, but that's that's the best you can hope for. Like If you don't yeah. want to lose, like, you're going to be yeah. lucky to get that draw. And, and that's the, the problem with playing that way. Teams have found it against Man City in the past and Liverpool at the moment. If you go out just to not concede mm. against a team of attacking quality like Man City in the past and even now and Liverpool now... They'll always score one. Yeah, you know, I I was I was very confident that we would score one, even though it looked like we were being rebuffed a number of times by the Spurs well, defense. You guys got it early um, enough as well. Um, yeah, um, what thirty five minutes or yeah. so for me, no scored. Um, but it's um, yeah, it looked comfortable for Liverpool, and now it's uh, officially the the best start. Start is a weird word to use because we're over halfway through the season, but it's the best start to a season that any team has ever had in the top five European leagues. Who was better than this? No one. No, no but no. like before like this game? Uh, probably. <laughs> if I was to bet on it, it would, it would either be... Uh, maybe Barcelona, but certainly Bayern Munich. Yeah. Uh, possibly Man City. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. No, no, no. They only even lost... That, even that, no, because even at this point, 
when uh, when they set the record a couple of years ago, you had already beat Liverpool. Had already oh, beat City. and like, they lost to another team, this. right? And they yeah. lost to another team. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but uh, I would, yeah, if I was hazard a guess, it's Bayern Munich. Maybe yeah. Barcelona is not okay. a bad shout, but anyway, Liverpool setting records left, mm-hmm. right, and centre at the moment, and look good, look good to keep keep up uh, the winning ways. I mean, we've negotiated. We have got the one. We have got the game next week or this weekend or this coming weekend against United, but. It's been a, we've had uh, some tricky fixtures, but looks like we're coming out the through other the side Christmas, of it through yeah. the Christmas period, oh, too, man. Ridiculous! It's, it's, we won we won every game, every game. Yeah, um, yeah. Kudos. Yeah, <laughs> Kudos, I mean, man. there's nothing else that can be said. It's no. looking good for Liverpool. All right, so we're gonna move on to a match that we previewed last week as well, uh, which was Watford Bournemouth. Um, one on the up, and the other faltering, and it's a relegation battle. Bournemouth's hosting, and Watford. Utterly, I watched that match and they utterly bossed them, man. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth had one chance in the first 15 minutes and Foster had to make a good save. Uh, but other than that, Ismail Sar, he's really coming good. Uh, Dekure was excellent. He scored the first goal from Sar. Dini, you know, yeah. Dini comes back to that. So that's an integral part of that team, the yeah. leadership quality yeah. as yeah, well, yeah. right? Like there's just something in the air when he's, for them, when he's there. Yeah. Um, and second half, man, you think, you know, Bournemouth, they scored, Watford made it 1-0 in like the 42nd right before yeah. the first half. And you think, you know, you go into the change room, uh, because Watford didn't necessarily dominate in the first half, but Bournemouth didn't create much. You think, you know, Bournemouth's at yeah. home, they're only down 1-0, they'll at least get something. Nothing. Not nothing at all. Uh, Watford ended up scoring two more in that match, and Bournemouth really didn't create any chances. Yeah. No. It's, um, for Bournemouth, the key thing is, um... Last year, they had the, the two players, Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser, mm-hmm. playing exceptionally well, and they set a record for the most goals that a pairing had assisted and, and assisted scored. and scored um, in a Premier League season ever. Both and of them have been this season. It's been one goal. Nothing. It's been one goal that one. You know, Fraser's assisted Wilson once, once. and that's it. And um, and we were, what we were talking about last week when we were doing the transfer talk about Ryan Fraser, and you know, saying like, will he go somewhere? To like a bigger, like a big six club in the off season, yeah. but as we said, it's I think he's got to do what he did last year, next year, yeah, and do it all yeah. over again to even have a, have a shout out. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> that's right. Um, maybe the uncertainty over his future is on his mind, and that's why he's not performing quite so well this season. I think he but, needs to uh, accept the fact that yeah. no one else from like Arsenal was really in for him over, yeah. in the summer, right? I think he needs to accept the fact that that's not going to happen this summer. Unless, okay. unless he has a blinding yeah. second half of the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, no David Brooks yet. Still not coming back until like early yeah. March or something like that. Okay. But, but even still, man. Like, you, you say they got Harry Wilson, who got off to a good start. Yeah. And that would have been, that was a nice replacement for the injured Brooks. Yeah. And but he's, he's, he's cooled off big time as well. Yeah. They're, Bournemouth, they're Bournemouth, Bournemouth are the worst team in the league at the moment. Even yes. worse than Norwich right now. Yeah. I mean, their form is atrocious. And they look, they look, there just seems to be no more ideas left in how to how to get them out of this funk. As you said, no chance. they're not creating chances. They're mm. definitely not scoring goals. They look weak at the back. Um, <clears throat> it's just, it's, you know, you wouldn't bet against them going down now. Yeah, I'm still going to stick to my three. Okay. You know, yeah, I like Burnley, it, I like it, I like it. <laughs> I, My you three got, are actually looking okay right now. Yeah. Apart from Bournemouth, yeah. <laughs> i got to say. Which was uh, Brighton, Burnley, and, of course, Norwich. Um, Who did you have? Villa, Norwich, and... Watford <laughs> and Watford and Watford yeah no, yeah I've already in my words on that one that's yeah. for sure uh, Watford the complete opposite of Bournemouth absolutely storming form now uh, Nigel Pearson as much as I uh, 
don't rate him or didn't certainly didn't rate him as a manager when he was appointed. I thought it was an underwhelming appointment. He's really turned them around. He's got them solid, um, which at their best they are a very solid team. They've got a good spine in the defensive midfield. Um, and and then and now Sars playing with the freedom and the, and the, you have Delafeu and you know, Dean front. Delefeu, like, it's Dini. an interesting team, man, and that's yeah. a team that was competing for Europa League to the very end last year, yeah. right? So yeah. Um, there's there's definitely a, a squad to be had there. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up the review with uh, City Villa. <clears throat> now we've been saying for a few weeks now, City are due a big, big, big result to kind of bounce them back from the funk they've been in over over the winter months, and uh, finally it's Dad, happened. Oh, they um, yeah, they, they utterly spanked them. I, yeah. I watched the first half and I was like, okay, this is yeah, make it stop, ridiculous. please make it ridiculous. stop. And even even the scoreline flatters Villa because what there was the a last minute goal El yeah. Ghazi. Yeah, so six you know, one was the final. Yeah. Um, Aguero hat trick and assist, I believe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Jesus chipped in with a goal. Um, oh man, the ball De Bruyne gave Jesus on that goal was magisterial. Yeah. The guy <laughs> the guys are the guys are fucking if he wasn't if he wasn't so smooth, you'd say he's a machine. But he's not there's nothing robotic about nah, him. He's a wizard, man. He's a oh, wizard, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll like, take it. This guy, man. Oh yeah. It was uh, I, I didn't see any of the highlights from the second half because I just there's just no point. It's four 0 at half. Yeah. <laughs> um and and Villa were utterly at a loss, you know. Yeah. Uh I I thought, you know, before that first goal. Oh oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, I totally forgot. Danny Drinkwater, this was his first match in who knows how long. So this guy goes to Chelsea, doesn't play, goes gets shipped out to Born, Burnley, Burnley, who's yeah. been struggling on loan and this season has, and doesn't play. Yeah. And so Villa pick him up because you know McGinn gets yeah. hurt. It's like, what are we going to do? They're a little desperate. And uh, at fault for the first two goals. Yeah. And, like, Completely. badly, yeah. badly. Yeah. Especially the second one. Yeah. He, the, the ball fell to him in their box, like 10 yards out, and he stood there. Like looking like pass it back to a defender, yeah. and then I, who took it off? Like, I think Aguero, no Jesus takes it off him and just tips it to Mars, yeah. and Mars slashes it home. It was bad, man. Like yeah. he looked utterly atrocious. I actually didn't look to see if he got subbed at halftime, but I certainly hope he did. Yeah, not that it, it was too late, but yeah, that guy's. Uh, not, I he's mean, not his, career, his career is done. His career is done, man. I, I don't know why Villa even took him on. I mean, the guys. He's he's played about one game in the last two years. He's a million miles away from. The player who won the league with Leicester, yeah, so, uh, and that Chelsea paid forty-five City. million pounds for. Starting against um, City, man. Oh, goodness. yeah, Jesus Christ. But um, yeah, I mean, and City as well. Were no Sterling, no Bernardo Silva, no problem. No uh, Walker, Jesus, Jesus, no problem. And, Jesus and Aguero to start. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen that. Yeah, it's certainly first for a while. Um, and maybe Jesus. Uh, I mean, he's been playing okay, but maybe he was. Uh, he enjoyed not having to be the main man up front. He's the sort of guy that I think the pressure gets to him. Sure, and you, you see what? because you see him, he gets into he's he's a great player and he gets into all the right positions, but he always fluffs his lines a little bit. Yeah. His finishing's a bit lax. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, particularly maybe when he's starting with, as the maybe, main guy, maybe uh, playing with the maybe actually playing with Aguero, you know, it's gonna it's gonna mentor him and yeah. have him be ready to take over when Aguero is ready to call quits. Well, you 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 couldn't find a better um, player to learn from as a striker in the Premier League, right? I mean, Aguero, in my mind, top best. top three strikers in the yeah. Premier League history. Easy. I, I I might argue for best. It's Thierry Henry for me. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, but we'll, just because we'll, uh, yeah. we'll have we'll have a. Um, We'll have a little special on yeah, you know, that I kind think of stuff so. at some point. But uh, yeah, Aguero, world class player still, um, and Jesus would do well to take a couple of pointers off him. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But City bounced back uh, and looked good for it. 
Um, and now they're with Leicester sliding comfortably second. in second place. So um, still 14 back, technically 17. Like, yeah. It just doesn't, uh, doesn't look but good. It's, the, doesn't title, look good. the title race isn't over yet. Let's put it that way, but uh, it might as well be. There, there it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, so that's going to... Um, so we didn't touch on United, um, mostly because, you know, the city result, you know, we, we kind of subbed it out, but it's going to lead into our future, and that's, you know, United win 4-0. Uh, great result with, uh, you know, Mata starting. You know, you're playing Norwich, sure. Yeah. But anyway, so they have a great result, and the feature today is, you know, we're talking about ownership. And what brought it on was the fact that United fans on the Stratford end are chanting and singing songs about getting the Glazers the fuck out. Yeah. Which, obviously, you know, you it's up to them. Yeah. But it's nice to see that you know they're they're actually there and and letting them know that they're not happy despite this great result. It's not like you know they they like they were chanting um, Glazers out f- during Wednesday's match uh, against City in the EFL yeah. Cup where they got utterly pumped. Yeah. Three one was flattering. Um, you know, it's not like. They were chanting because it was just it a, was bad a bad result. result yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah. So, here we are. And um, we're going to talk about some ownership problems or vice, or on, or on the opposite end, such yeah. as Liverpool. Yeah, we wanted to talk about um, ownership of teams um, because increasingly Premier League football clubs are a money-making tool for, for you know, rich, uh, rich magnates, uh, whether they're, whether, you know, Russian, American... Um, Saudi, Qatari, Saudi. You yeah. know, it's uh, and whether they care about the team or not, or they just view it as a business. Well, I think primarily it is, um, uh, or uh, as a regime whitewashing. It, it might be a tool. vanity project too. You know, yeah, like, yeah, like you sure. know, like the Saudis, they love City. Like they want to yeah. see City do well. They're not afraid. Like they'll put money into that team. They have the money, as do the Glazers. Yeah. Um, but. You know, you can you can argue that you know the Saudi money might be a little uh, a little suspect and all that. Yeah. But when it comes down to the football, they do what is best for that club. Yeah. The Glazers in United's case do the exact opposite, and they see that as a business. Oh, it's and a cash cow, right? It is, and and they don't they don't put you know people say like oh you know United spent 130 million they they spent plenty of money, but. Uh, over the Glazers have spent money on players over the last years, but they they don't put into the uh, the actual basis of the team the the scouting anything like that. It's so poorly run, and the players that they get not always, but more often than not, don't pan out. Well, but the problem is the Glazers aren't spending any money. They're spending Manchester United's money. Manchester right, yeah, United is like a behemoth of a business, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's such a such a profitable organization that. They're making it's making so much money. Yeah, the money they're spending on players is coming is from, from Manchester United, the club, United, yeah, it's the club right? Yes, it, exactly. And, so. and the Glazers are just—I think they've drained maybe like a billion pounds from Manchester United since they since they took over as owners. Like, I believe, yeah, what um, roughly you know, two thousand three, getting on what seventeen years ago, or whatever. About. And um, and you know, Ferguson's there and papering the cracks all along. Even yeah. when Ferguson was there. You know, we're linked to Schneider, like Wesley Schneider, for example, and other players uh, when he was like when he was yeah. great in his prime. And then even Ferguson's coming in saying the price wasn't right. You know, yeah. it wasn't like the there was no value in the market. That kind of stuff. That's that's Glazer talk. Even mm-hmm. Ferguson's been was saying that as a manager, and he was able to still win titles with a team that was getting more and more depleted. Ferguson leaves; they don't even make Champions League the next year yeah. after winning the title. Um, <clears throat> They, you know, so rival fans, you know, they, they slight United fans for, for going in on and, and, and moaning about 
only spending, uh, like not spending enough, like this summer, for example. It's like, oh, you spent 130 million. One, really 130 million in the state that United's in oh, yeah. wasn't enough. Focus there should have been more signings yeah. anyway. Yeah. Secondly, that's not net spend. Net spend yeah. was a mere 60 million. Exactly. And it's sick to say a mere 60 million. Uh, every time we're talking about this, it's, it, 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 it kind of sickens me that, like, you know, it's like, oh, it's a mere. But Normalize in the, the context, in the context, it's, um, it's it's really it's really quite sad. Yeah. Um. And and they, and there were so many other holes to fill. Yeah. The number ten spot, which they're desperate for now, and they're only looking for because Pogba and McTominay get hurt, despite needing that before they were hurt, um, they didn't replace in the yeah. summer anyway. Yeah. But this is the tendency for owners that they're running it as a business, and yeah. as long as they can, the the minimum amount they can spend in order to achieve the baseline objectives. Um, or even not quite, you know, if they're not quite getting Champions League or whatever. But basically, to keep to, to keep the business profitable, what money do they have to spend? That's what they're going to do, right? Um, yeah, and the same thing, you see it happen all over the Premier League. Newcastle is another one. Sure. Um, a long history of bad own, bad ownership with Mike Ashley. The fans have been have been uh, up in arms about that for years. Um, and. But it's just too profitable for, for these to people let go, to yeah, let go. Like, yeah, they, um, they can't, they're not going to fire themselves. They no. sell or they don't. Um, and, and ultimately, it comes down to what, what, what a football club is about, right? Is it a business or is it an institution, a social institution, right? And, of course, it's a social institution. It's come out of, particularly in, uh, in England, uh, come Religion. out of um, uh, working class. Yeah. Um, you know, it's come from a lot. Man United was a factory, uh, was a team of factory workers um, when they started. Um, and in in these sort of uh, working class heartlands in uh, in England, the the football team is the is the hub, right? It's the it's the main thing that the city has, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sucking it's being, the soul. It's, 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 it's sucks the soul, soul, yeah, but it is yeah. soul. It's based on soul. I mean, that, that's it. Like, yes, but you know, we can argue about football being losing its soul all day because of the money in the game, and yeah, that's a fair point. But ultimately. But ultimately, football is so popular, and in the capitalist world that we live in, of course, it's going to be a big. There's going to be money there, and And, and that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, right? But it's how 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 far the football team is removed from the fans and the and the communities that made it, right? Um, And that's the thing that I want to talk about is how it's gotten to this point but also what can be done or what is being done to stop it you max mentioned the chance at the game right. a couple of years ago if you remember um man united fans came out with the yellow and green scarves yep. yeah. uh, was it newton abbott i think it was mm-hmm. it was the original name for man united and uh, turned up to that but um we were talking the way this feature came about we were talking a couple of days ago and it was. It just. It's clear to me that fans aren't doing enough. Not going to matches. Yeah, there's you know? there's some things that You're buying merchandise. You know, I'll it. buy from China. I'll buy United that's jerseys it. from China. Yeah, I, well, exactly. I, I, I'm certainly not going to buy. Uh, and, and money aside, like I'll I gladly buy uh, an actual United jersey, but yeah. I, I won't. No, there's because- that. But that's the thing, like... You want to see your team play, though. They're not going to a I match. Know, it's, it's, I know, I know. It's so difficult, I right? know. 
And but Newcastle fans did this at the beginning of the season. A lot of their season ticket sales went right down. A lot of play, lot of fans cancelled their season tickets mm-hmm. because they're sick of Mike Ashley. Yeah. Uh, they organised protests in the city. They organised um, I think walkouts it's, of games. But when you look at Team is, United, it's so it's so difficult to not go to matches. You have that expectation, oh, that know. hope at least. Not the expectation right now, but the hope that you get back to where you were and you want and you know there's quality on that team that they can put in a, a, a great performance right? but the problem is is the thing stopping Manchester United getting back to where they were the Glazers yes, yes. so right. so the thing the thing is you, the, the, when I say the fans aren't doing enough as long as you're still financially supporting the football team right. by going to matches yes. by buying merchandise right. Then, the will is not there's, quite there's, there. There's no, there's no real incentive. Like, I mean, the Glazers can sit in their boardroom in America no, all day long, them, all, counting their money, right? Yeah, they love it. Um, they don't care if they're, they're hated on the streets of Manchester. No. They probably never even <laughs> set foot on the streets <laughs> of Manchester, yeah. man. Like, they probably fly in for the games and then fly yeah. back out again. Yeah. Um, same awesome. thing with Mike Ashley. He's universally hated. I mean, the guy's an absolute leech. Yes. But he makes so much fucking money... He doesn't care. No, yeah, he's waiting and, for the right price. And, and, and I'm not going to say so should he. He should fuck right off. But uh, that's, he, 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 yeah, they'll, they'll all just wait and sit tight for that right price. The thing that really um, gets me more, because it is understandable as to why they don't sell, is how poor they are at running the club. And yeah. that loses the money. Yeah. So they don't spend the money. They don't invest in a director of football. Um, instead of having Ed Woodward, who's a banker, um, you know, in charge of signings and whatnot, where where um, you know Ed Woodward keep him on as as uh, on the business aspect, yeah, but get a director of football Who and knows then, something and, about and football, then get right? winning again. Yeah, they're gonna lose if they don't make Champs League this year because they didn't last year. They're gonna lose, I think, like thirty or forty percent of their Adidas investment. Really? Um, for yeah. So like in addition to all of the TV rights and the money that you get League for the Champions and all that, League, or right. even like losing primetime games for the PL as well. Yeah. So it's it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And then at the same time, you know they don't really spend too much money on the players for the transfers, but they have the highest wage bill. Yeah. Um, in the fourth highest wage bill in the world, and I think the highest in the PL. Oh, definitely the highest in the PL. Yeah. For a team that's struggling in fifth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's like, all right, it is it is sickening. It's like, a tough it's a tough issue though because as you say, it's hard for it. I mean, as a fan, like me and you, we're dedicated football fans. Of course, we live in Canada, so we can't be going to the games and that. Mm. But like, I can't imagine a world where I wouldn't watch Liverpool. Mm. Even in the past, Liverpool have had terrible owners. I'm very happy with the owners that we have now, but because they mm. actually invest in the club the right way and they have restored the sort of the soul of the club whereas the previous owners Hicks and Gillette completely in the same sense of the, the Glazers just with more financial mismanagement right. completely sucked the soul out of the club um, but fuck like Liverpool is is the most important thing in the world to me right the football club yeah. and my life is completely uh, worsened if I wasn't watching Liverpool if I wasn't following Liverpool right and the same is for you right yeah. uh, with United so it's 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 hard to 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 think you know or to conceive of uh, of a time when you're not going to do that because just because you you don't like the ownership or whatever but it's so it, fans are in a very difficult position yeah I mean if I was at Manchester I'd 
I'd be I'd be going to matches still. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's 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 a sad state of affairs. But um, for, yeah. for 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 certain for certain teams, you know, like there are a number of clubs such as Liverpool or City that are that are run well. Yeah. Um, but you, when you see something like this, uh, teams that have such history, Newcastle as well. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. Just getting bled dry and. and t- fans just languishing yeah I mean Newcastle one of the one of the biggest clubs in the history of English football um, languishing low mid-table occasionally getting relegated getting promoted from the championship Mm -hmm. it's no it's no it's a it's a it's drastic how far they've fallen same thing Leeds United financial mismanagement initially but then taken over several times in the preceding years as a, as a money maker, it doesn't work. The, the, the owners don't want to spend a load of money. They just want to reap the reward, rewards. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yes, Leeds are just getting back on, on their feet now. But they spent, what, 15 years out of the top flight or so. Um, and it's sad. Um, there's, a, there's the question with the United fans. Um, would you sell... Like, would you want the Glazers to sell to the Saudis? You know? Like, there's that, there's that moral question. Right? Yeah, um, and I, I would say you have to do your, your your homework on the exact person who's buying it. But uh, I mean that's suspect too, and I don't know how I feel about that either. Well, actually, yeah, to, I mean both. Like this, I mean it goes without saying. Uh, the Saudi Arabian government, who it would be, I think, from a moral standpoint, mm-hmm. worse than the Glazers. Yeah, yes. like I would, I would, as a football fan in general, I would not welcome their investment into mm. any football club right. even the one that I hate the most um, so yeah there is that um, but yeah it's great for the right buyer or you know uh, anyway but I think, this, I think this, this episode is too short for us to really dig deep into the uh, you know the morality of uh, football ownership and that but the, the, the key point is that the soul of the football clubs across the board yeah, are being sucked out. There's, are being are being sucked out of them by uh, greedy owners. Um, well, yeah, but you know, like the the money's, so. But you know, so long as the uh, those owners, for example, Liverpool, um, are are structuring the club properly. Yeah, the soul is there. Like I, yeah. I, I think you know, it's like all right, okay, yeah, the like we know that we know the money's there. Like that, that's on all of us. Yeah. You know, we're putting the the insane amount of money that's going yeah. to this game, right? So, um, so long as um, the ownership's actually keeping intact what the what the club is about, and yeah, and, building and, community programs, um, building a relationship with the fans. I mean, the, that's the thing. Man City, the owners, for all of their all of their many, many, many faults. They've invested a shitload of money into Manchester as a city. Uh, they've invested a shitload into youth programs. Uh, they've really rebuilt uh, the, the culture around the club of Manchester City. Um, and that's something that you know, the Glazers are not doing. Mike Ashley's not doing, right? right. Um, and it's, it's just quite depressing to see. Um, but as we said, it's, it's a tough one because what are you going to do? Not, not support your team, which is the main... You know, yeah, the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I mean, both of us have woken up on a, on a weekend, yeah, no like problem. 7.30, brutally, sure. brutally hungover, yeah, still yeah. pissed, you yeah. know, mid, you know, nip yeah, off to like, the toilet at halfftime for yeah, a quick throw Yeah, if you made it was playing 7.30, that's Yeah, of course, yeah, right? There, yeah. You know, and that, that's what gets us out of bed in the morning. Um, yeah. And it sucks to think that you would ever have to give that up, but 
yeah, I don't know. I can't see much of a way out of it otherwise. But no, uh, I, I just, I just uh, have to hold on hope that you know the Glazers, being the vampires that they are, will realize that they're running it so poorly that they're they're costing themselves money. Um, yeah. So that that's all I can hope for. Anyway, guys, um, I guess a bit of a dour note to end <laughs> on, somewhat, but uh, I think it's something that definitely needs to be spoken about. Well, we've got. Uh, the we've got the scouting mission now that hopefully will uh, breathe some positivity yes. back into only uh, only yes. football yes. this evening. Um, Max, who have you got? I have another Lille player. It's, uh, I love going to the French league, and I love uh, I love I love going to to Lille because Luis Campos, who's the director of football there, um, who's been doing a great like he was at uh, Monaco during those great years uh, yeah. a few years ago. Um, didn't get Mbappe, but uh, Fabinho, Bernardo Silva, yeah, uh, I believe also uh, Mendy, yeah. and then he Lamar go, maybe, um, yeah, Lamar, uh, and then with uh, with Lille, he got there I believe last summer, sorry, two summers ago, um, and he's the one who got Pepe, yeah. uh, Jonathan Bamba, and in this case, um, <clears throat> uh, Bubakari Samare, the new Paul Pogba, right. Now, people say he's the new Paul Pogba, um, and I and I see why. But he's he's not at, he's not as attacking. So you yeah. know how he's how Pogba's being misplaced um, at United, playing, yeah, playing usually playing too far back, and at CDM yeah. had McTominay and Pogba, McTominay stayed healthy. Maybe he would have been the number ten, which would have been nice. But um, Samare actually does play there. Yeah. So he so he doesn't he doesn't have any goals or assists this season. Um, but that's that's not because he can't he can't facilitate and create. So yeah. Again, another great dribbler, very strong and powerful, excellent tackler, um, and um, and and an extremely uh, great passer of the ball. Hence the comparisons. And I think you know, uh, always he's been linked to United in, the, in January, of course, Chelsea and Arsenal. And I think all three teams, even though Chelsea, I think are are nice and deep in the midfield couldn't yep. hurt from signing no. um, especially Arsenal and United yeah. and especially if you know Solskjaer is going to continue to play Pogba there yeah. that's that's where this guy fits in and um, uh, he, he held it down uh, in the Champions League uh, and he's 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 available for about uh, 40 million so they okay. say I think you know that's fair I, enough value I, in this market yes it is I think they could, you could probably get him to like thirty to thirty-five. Do you think he'd slot straight into the first team? Would he take Fred's place? Or? No, I think he should play beside Fred, especially like like right now because okay, McTominay's hurt. hurt yeah. But let's say McTominay's let's say McTominay's more healthy. I, I would say no. But then there's so many games like you know yeah, you still have yeah. the Carabao. There's the FA. Yeah, of course. Um, although Carabao's gonna be done this week or um, whenever they or in two weeks, but. Um, and a team uh, the, the, such as United or Arsenal, or whatever, there's never one starting eleven. No, right? yeah, you've you got to have. You, rotate. A, you, you, have you a should rotate. have your starting eleven, but you rotate the squad. Even if you don't have other cup games, you know, like yeah. let's say uh, let's say there were no cup games, I would say every two, uh, every third game, yeah. he should start. Yeah, um, and and I think that's what it is, and, and until he could possibly displace Fred or McTominay, yeah. which you know I don't think either of them, although they are having good years, I and I, I'm very glad they are, uh, but. They're not solidified, and no. I think someone there, someone like uh, Samari, puts that pressure yep. on them. Okay. Um, Arsenal again as well. That holding yep. midfield section, yep. uh, Torreira, Guendouzi, and Xhaka, all displaceable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
Okay, sounds like a good player. Lille yet again. Luis yeah. Campos doing an amazing job there. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, and uh, I've gone for an American this week. Uh, Weston McKenney. He's 21 years old, plays for Schalke. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of went under the radar for a little bit with the American national team because they had a few um, young attackers come through. They've got Pulisic, uh, Tim Weir, Tyler Adams, but all of them have been up and down in form. But one player who's not been up and down in form is Weston McKenney. He's been in the Schalke first team. It's his third year in this season. Is his yeah. third year yeah, in the Schalke first team. Mm-hmm. Broke through when he was what eighteen or so, um, and they they used him sparingly last season. He was he's a and he's what a, a, and what a poor season they had. And look exactly. at David Wagner's even exactly. Writer. Exactly. He's a he's a classic high energy box to box midfielder. Um, he. He is great in the tackle. Uh, he's an excellent presser. He's, I was looking at his pressing stats earlier. He's one of the best pressers in the German league. Um, Meaning he, what? He wins the ball early. Um, he restarts attacks uh, quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. He's very dynamic. Um, he pressures. He puts a lot of pressure on on opposition players. Um, there's a few stats that they use to determine how good someone is at pressing, and Absolutely. he's he's uh, off the chart on all of them, really. Could um, be a good Liverpool sign. Well, that's I'll, I'll, that's exactly the team I was going to suggest for him. But uh, pardon me, he didn't take the words out of him. Last season, last season, Schalke had a bad year, and they played quite turgid defensive football, long ball football. The midfield was uh, he had to sit and sit deep in midfield and launch balls forward um, and it doesn't suit him his passing is probably his worst aspect of his game at the moment um, particularly his long passing but um, he's more of a runner high energy type style player Um, but he this season David Wagner's got them playing completely different um, high energy pressing uh, passing football and um, he's absolutely thrived he dislocated his shoulder uh, at the end of December, he's out until February. Um, Unfortunately, and the U.S. national team have certainly missed him as Schalke have as well. He started pretty much all the games. Is he games. shown for the American team right, like right now? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's one of their best players. Yeah, um, and yeah, he's 21 years old. But yeah, it's a, it's a, he's got Liverpool written all over him. Yeah, if he keeps going like this, he's uh, the touch of the genie Wijnaldum about him. I think. Okay. Um, maybe not quite as technically gifted as Wijnaldum, um, not quite as skillful. But um, there's, there's room to grow, though. He's oh, absolutely. Like 21, he's 21. Right? He's 21. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's a starting player for Schalke, who are in the top. They're in the European sixth, places. Fifth or like sixth, fifth, I think. Fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, fifth um, sixth. yeah and, and he's an automatic starter in their midfield. So um, he looks like he's going to keep developing into a really, really good player. And mm-hmm. as I say, you think he perfect might be, for Liverpool. Do you think he might be, uh, if he keeps up this pace, like if he closes strong when he comes back from injury, do you think he might be on a move to a big club at the end of this year? Or do you think maybe another year in the Bundesliga? He, he certainly could. He certainly have the ability. I personally, I always like to see players not move quite so early in their careers because mm-hmm. I like to see them play regularly at smaller clubs. And almost be first. kind of a, almost a shoe-in. Yeah, like a, yeah. If, if he were to go to Liverpool, for example, at yeah, the end he of wouldn't year, get in the first team right, and, straight away, and, and, and he wouldn't next year either. But, no, but he he probably would be a little more ready. Yeah, he might get stunted if he leaves. Give it a couple more years, and yeah. uh, I mean, certainly he's good enough to be in the Liverpool squad right now as a rotation option, um, and and you'd expect him to get into so mid-table teams in the Premier League, uh, maybe Southampton, that kind of thing. Um, yes. I wouldn't be adverse to him getting a move to a Premier League, uh, mid-table, mid-table Premier League, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Watford um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well. Um, 
even someone like Leicester, uh, he would suit Leicester. Man, su- that would really that, suit Leicester. That seems like side of play. Uh, that seems very possible. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, they're just so deep in that midfield. Well, right that's now, it. But, that's yeah. it. But um, yeah, and then in a couple of years' time, he'd be more ready to trouble the first team of, of okay. a team like Liverpool yeah alright okay great guy thank you um, alright guys thanks for listening and I uh, just want to give a shout out to the guys the listeners who come back quite regularly you know who you are there's about nine of you yeah we appreciate you anyway we've, uh, we've eclipsed a hundred listens today or yesterday yesterday so we just want to thank you for all that and we'll be back with more content next sunday uh we're going to do a double down two episodes on sunday we're going to recap the weekend's play at about 10 30 um next sunday morning and then we're going to preview the manchester united liverpool match and then right after that match we're going to do a review we're going to watch it together uh and then we're going to review it straight away afterwards so yeah. uh, first loss in. coming up Tune in for some uh, someone to be very dejected. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Cheers.